Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Happy and blessed Advent fast to all of us as we embark on this beautiful journey through the month of Qiyah and on to the glorious celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today's Gospel starts us off on that journey with the Annunciation of St. John the Baptist to St. Zacharias in the Temple. And there's a lot of beautiful mystery and theology uh, in this Gospel today and we want to analyze this together. So we start by reading that a certain priest, Zacharias, of the division of Abijah and his wife Elizabeth were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no children as Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So we start with they are amazing and they're great, they, they're blameless before God, but they have no children. A very high positive and a very low negative. Why? Why God? If they're so wonderful and they're so righteous and they're so blameless, why would you give them no children? Surely they prayed for children, right? Do you think that they prayed for children in their lifetime? Of course, yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> they did pray for children. So why would God not answer their prayers if they were so righteous and they were so beloved of God? Let's find out. We continue that Zacharias it was his turn to serve as high priest as the lot fell to him to serve. And we want to look at this process because it's quite extensive. Each priest, as we heard, was assigned a division according to the custom of the priesthood. Now there are 24 divisions, as we know from the studies of the Old Testament. And in those divisions, do you know how many priests there were? Anyone know roughly an estimate of how many priests? Between 18,000 and 20,000. 18,000 and 20,000. And they were chosen by lot to go and to pray. That means literally someone's name was pulled out of a hat. So you can imagine in a priest's lifetime, he can get to go into the temple to pray once or twice in his entire life. Some of them don't get to see it. They pray in other ways. But to go into the temple and to pray for atonement, which we'll talk about in a moment, once or twice in their lifetime. Can you imagine if Abuna gets ordained he gets ordained to the priesthood and he can only pray liturgy once or twice in his entire life. It's a very, very big deal that the lot fell to Zacharias on this time, on this day. And this lot, of course, as we said, was to serve for the time of the atonement, praying for the sins of the people. The high priest alone would enter into the temple and make offerings for the sins of the people once a year. So as he was in the temple and as we read, the angel appeared to him and gave him the greatest news of his life. Zacharias, your prayer is heard. Your prayer is heard. Not has been heard, is heard. It shows us that Zechariah, Zacharias wasn't praying for a son right then and there. He was praying for the atonement of his people. He was praying that everyone's sins would be forgiven. This is what he was praying for. And God said to him, to the angel Gabriel, your prayer for the people's salvation is heard. And not only that, but Elizabeth will bear you a son, and that son shall be a part, will play a part in that salvation, 
in that atonement. He does, doesn't he? He announces the atonement of the people, which is who? Jesus Christ, right? John the Baptist announces Jesus Christ, right? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, as you heard Abuna say when we are choosing the Lamb. So he is going to play a pivotal part, a big part in this atonement. How long do you think Zacharias and Elizabeth were praying to have children? How long do you think? Hmm. A very long time, right? Up until the, the moment that it's not biologically possible. Up until the moment of, khalas, it's too late, our time has passed, and it's humanly impossible. And what we want to learn today is that we don't want to do this, because in our life, this is what we do. We look at God and we pray for something, and when we look at God and say, the time has passed, it's too late, uh, the time is finished. You could have given it to me earlier. You could have given me this, you could have solved this problem. Now it's too late and the problem has gotten bigger. The situation has passed. I am older in age. The time has passed and we don't trust God. So here today, God is telling every single one of us that our prayers are heard regardless of how long it takes for them to be answered. They are heard. They are heard. And all of God's actions in our lives for the, are for the greater purpose of our salvation. Because this is all that really matters. In our life, all that really matters is that we attain salvation. Right? This is all that matters. Our goal is to get to heaven regardless of what happens in our lifetime. That we attain salvation. So everything that God is going to give us or not give us or take away from us, everything is for the good for those who love God. And we read this in Romans 8.28. Right? Everything happens for the good. Everything happens for our salvation. God loves us and cares for us. But He answers our prayers at the right time. So Zacharias gets this news, and how does he respond? How does he respond? He responds with doubt. He doesn't believe. And we read, and Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and was sent to you to give you these beautiful, these glad tidings. But you will be mute until they happen, because you didn't believe. And the angel says, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. In their own time. In every single one of our lives, God has ordained things to happen at the right time. Not before, not after. We sometimes, we look at this time chart and we add our own time chart and say, according to my clock, according to my time, you're late. The time has passed. Forget it. It's done. You forgot about me. You have left me. But no, God said everything is in the fullness of time. We have to trust this process. He doubted. How can God do this now that the time has passed? And because of his doubt, he was mute until all these things took place. And there's a deeper meaning here actually. The fathers say that he was mute because God muted all of the prophets in preparation for God to come. So it was meet and right that all the prophets would be silenced. But if you remember in the beginning, we said what, Zacharias and Elizabeth were both blameless. They were both righteous before the Lord, walking in His ordinances. So does that mean because they are righteous, they are not prone to weakness? No, not at all. We all have our weak points in our life, but we are taught today not to let trusting God be one of those weaknesses. We can have weakness in terms of temptation and in sin and in our personal lives, but not to let trust in God be one of those weaknesses. Because this is a very, very big deal. 
We want trust in God to be the foundation of our lives. So when we pray, we don't let the enemy come and say, Ah, God forgot about you. God is not going to give you. Look at what time it is. Look, he gave them early. He gave, he's giving you late. No. We want to pray and know. Today we know that our prayer is heard. Regardless of what the prayer is. Regardless of how far away we may be from God or how much repentance we need. God hears our prayers. And He will give us the desires of our heart according to His will. If it's according to His will for our salvation. In the fullness of of time. We must trust God wholeheartedly no matter what because our prayer is heard. And we know this of course in Matthew chapter 6, God says to us, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. He's not just talking about financials and you know houses, he's talking about everything. Everything will be added to you, everything will be given to you. We seek to be righteous and blameless before the Lord like Zacharias and in the fullness of time all joy will be added to us. And let's talk about Elizabeth for a moment. Because we focus on Zacharias in the temple. Let's go back to Elizabeth. She too was righteous and blameless before God. So why was she barren? Why was she barren? For a woman, by the way, it was a much bigger deal. In a family, if you know, they don't have children, okay, it's a, it's a big deal. But for the woman personally, this is a very, very big deal. And it's much heavier on the heart of a woman to be barren. The fathers tell us that to be barren was a public reproach. In front of people, people looked at it like, oh, there's something wrong here. You guys sinned, you did something wrong. And this is why we start the gospel telling us that they are blameless and righteous before God. And this is why when this was lifted in the last verse of the gospel, in verse 25, Elizabeth says, Thus does the Lord, uh, sorry, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked upon me and took away my reproach from among people. He has lifted this reproach. But if we remember the stories throughout the Bible where we see barrenness, especially in those figures who have been righteous and they have been praying and fasting and striving for holiness, we look at Sarah, we look at Rebecca, right? If we read the Old Testament, we look at Rachel, we look at Hannah, Umm Samuel, right? And Anna, the mother of the Virgin Saint Mary, all of them experienced barrenness. And they were righteous. They're righteous. All of this temporary barrenness was in fulfillment of God's plan for the salvation of His people. And when we walk according to the commandments of God, and when we strive to be holy, and when there is still barrenness in an area of our life, we must trust and know that something big is coming. Because St. John the Baptist wasn't just any child, right? All of these children who were born for our salvation, they weren't just any children. St. Mary wasn't just any, any woman. So anyone who experiences barrenness when they are walking according to the customs of the law and according to Christ and, and the gospel, know that something big is coming. This child who's coming, yeah, it'll be late according to our clock, but it's going to be something glorious, something beautiful. So we must trust that God is preparing for us something life-changing. Whether it be in the area of work, we want to bring it home, right? In the area of our businesses, relationships, our marital issues. Right? Our housing. We want to buy a house. We want this. God, give us. Why, why is it taking so long? All of these things God is working in His perfect timing. Children, anything. Anything that any of us here are dealing with. Anything that we are waiting for. Anything that we have prayed for and we have lost hope and we have doubt and said, God, the time has passed. The time is finished. You have forgotten about us. And God today is saying, no. No. Something big is coming and it's going to be life-changing. And it's going to be very, very big. So take comfort 
and take heart because your prayer is heard. So we want every single person here and those listening anywhere to know that your prayer is heard. We must believe it. Do you remember a few weeks back we talked about the miracle of the five loaves and the two fish? Right? The five loaves and two fish. If you remember, it said that they were where? They were in a blank place. What was the place that they were in? Deserted. It was deserted. This place was barren. Nothing was growing there. There was nothing. It was completely barren and empty. It was deserted. But look at what God turned this barren land into. If you remember when everyone was eating after the miracle and they're sitting down now, He turned this barren land into a banquet hall. <coughs> Filled with laughter and with joy. And you can imagine what this was like. Right? Like a reception hall. People are talking. People are eating. People are laughing. People are telling jokes. Everyone is joyous. Everyone is happy. But before this, it was a completely barren land. You can hear a pin drop. Right? And this is what God is doing in our lives. He turns the deserted place of our hearts into banquet halls fit for the king. As long as we strive to be righteous and blameless like Zacharias and Elizabeth were righteous. He fills our hearts with joy, with laughter, with dancing. Not that kind of dancing. We're not talking about shik shak shuk. We're talking about spiritual dancing in the, in the spirit. We're talking about dancing like David danced in front of the, the Ark of the Covenant. Right? And actually in Psalm 29 we read this. And this should be very familiar to the deacons because this is what we wear. This is what we, uh, we recite when we wear our tunyas. You have turned to me my mourning into dancing. This is the Psalm. Psalm David is, uh, David is saying this. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. You have turned my mourning, my sadness into dancing, into joy. Isn't this what Elizabeth felt? Isn't this how she felt? She felt like she was, she could dance, she could do anything. God has removed this reproach from her. He has answered her prayers that they have been praying for, that they even stopped praying for. <coughs> So let us today not belittle God thinking that He is unable to deliver us from any situation or to grant us the desires of our heart. Especially when we walk according to His statutes. Sometimes we even throw this in God's face. We say, we're doing everything that you asked. We are praying, we are fasting, we are coming to church, we're giving to the church. And you're still not answering our prayers. What more do you want from us? But no, this is what the devil wants us to do. Let us hold fast and know and tell God, not according to my will, but according to your will. And not according to my clock, according to your clock. And not according to my timeline, according to your timeline, as you see fit, which benefits our salvation. He tells us in John 15, 11, As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain with you and that your joy may be full. So God comes to give us full joy. Why would He not answer our prayers? Why would He not give a barren woman children? Unless He's preparing something. Unless He is waiting. Because if He would have gave Elizabeth children beforehand, the timeline would have been off. It wouldn't have been St. John the Baptist. So let us trust God's timing. So whatever we are dealing with today, know that today, your prayer is heard. Everyone should be very... Happy today. Your prayer is heard. This is the message that the church is giving us. No matter what it is, it has been heard. And trust. 
So let us strive to be righteous and blameless before the Lord. Let us trust Him fully in all things. And let us believe that our prayer today is heard. Glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.